Hey, and Merry Christmas. I hope your Christmas day is off to a great start. You know, I really appreciate you joining us here online for this special Christmas message. If you were at one of our Christmas Eve services yesterday, hopefully you got a box, something like this, before you left. If so, make sure you have that with you right now as you're watching this. But even if you didn't get one, you'll still be able to follow along, so don't worry too much about that. It just may not be quite as much fun. All right, here we go. Now, I know that many of you have some kind of tradition on Christmas morning when you read passages like Luke 1 and 2 or, or Matthew 1 and 2, and these passages tell the story of the birth of Jesus, and they give all those wonderful details about Mary and Joseph and angels and shepherds and wise men. Now, I love those two gospel accounts written by Matthew and Luke. But today, for our Christmas in a Box message, I'm going to focus primarily on the account written by the Apostle John in his gospel. Now, John was one of Jesus' closest followers and maybe his best friend while he was on the earth. In John chapter 1, John gives his own account of the coming of Christ. And although he leaves out a lot of that fun stuff that we all love, he does give us a few short but powerful paragraphs about the arrival of Jesus. Now, if you want to follow along in your own Bible or a Bible app, I'll be in John 1, and we're going to start at verse 1. Listen to what he says. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going to go down to verse 9 now. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Hey, let's pray real fast before we go any farther. God, we thank you so much for sending your Son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that today we come on this special day and we recognize that uh, Jesus, who was Lord over all creation, who was God, came and put our flesh on, came and put skin on so that he could live and he could eventually die for us, for fallen, broken, sinful humanity. God, right now, we just acknowledge your goodness and your faithfulness. We acknowledge, God, that your plans are perfect. And from the beginning, God, you made a plan to redeem humanity. And we thank you today for sending Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the thanks right now on Christmas Day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hopefully you've got your box and you're ready to do this with me. If so, open the box and pull out, you'll see them there, you're gonna pull out bag number one. Bag number one. So go ahead and pull that out. Everybody see it? I don't wanna pull mine out until you're ready. All right, here we go. It's a lump of coal. Now when you think about Christmas, and about a lump of coal, I'm sure most of us think about the present that Santa gives to bad little boys and girls whose names are on the naughty list and not the nice list. 
Nobody wants to get a lump of coal on Christmas morning. And when John describes Jesus coming to the earth, it says that he came into darkness. Now, what is this darkness? There are many experiences that we can have that we might describe as darkness. You know, maybe you've walked through uh, some pretty dark times even recently. It could be grief. It could be some kind of loss. It might be poverty, job loss. It could be sickness, maybe addiction, rejection, abandonment, maybe failure. These are all dark experiences, but Jesus came to deal with darkness at the root of all these things. It's the place where grief and poverty and sickness and all the rest come from. The darkness John's talking about is sin. When Adam and Eve, who were the first two people God created, when they were, when they were in the Garden of Eden, they sinned. And when they sinned, darkness entered the world. And that first sin led the whole human race into sin and all of its dark effects throughout history. Scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I guess that we all kind of deserve one of these. Unfortunately, that's our true story as humanity. But thankfully, it's not where our story ends. And I'm going to ask you right now to go ahead and open bag number two. All right? Go ahead and pull that thing out of bag number two. I'm going to wait for a second. Everyone got it? All right. You should have some of these right here. Very little glow sticks. Now feel free to pass these glow sticks out to a few people, maybe the youngest people in the room. Now when you get them, go ahead and bend them until they crack. And then you can shake them up real good. And hopefully you can see this. Yep, you can, I'm sure. They'll get nice and bright, kind of like this right here. Now, was anybody out there kind of watching this video, were any of you afraid of the dark as a kid? You know, I went through a season where, oh, as a kid, that I, I watched a scary movie, actually, is what happened, and it really freaked me out. And for months afterward, there were two areas in my room at night when it was dark that I got really scared of. One was under the bed, and the other was my closet. And each night I would, I would get into bed by jumping across the room just to avoid anything that might be lurking down below, right? And then I would lay in my bed, and I would look over to my left, and I would see my closet, and I would think about the deep darkness of that closet and imagine the villain from that scary movie coming out of the darkness. And I would think about getting up and turning on the light to, to eliminate that darkness. But to get to the light, I had to escape whatever might lay in the darkness under my bed. And so I was trapped night after night. And finally, I devised this two-string system that ran from my light switch, and, and one string went up and one string went down, and they ran through a, a series of hoops to my bed where I could pull on one string to turn the light off, and I could pull on the other string to turn it back on. And all this was done to get rid of whatever was lurking in the dark. So here's the question. What was in the dark? Nothing. In fact, that's what darkness is. It's no thing. It's nothing. It's the absence of a thing. Darkness is defined by the absence of light. Light is a thing. It can be measured. It can be felt. It can fill a room. It has a speed. You can't measure darkness. Darkness can't fill a room unless light leaves the room. You never heard someone on Star Wars say, let's jump into dark speed. No, you jump into light speed. There's no traveling at the speed of darkness. It's not quantifiable. Darkness is not a thing. It's just the absence of light. And John 1 tells us that Jesus is light. In fact, he's the light, it says, of all mankind. Now, I love glow sticks. 
that I have some really bad news to share with you. These are only gonna last for a few hours at the most. Before, before long, this light will start to dim and eventually it will go out. When that happens, the darkness will overcome this little light. When John says that Jesus is the light that shines in darkness, which cannot overcome it, he's saying that he's the one substance that darkness can never overcome. This light never goes out. Your darkest moments, your, your worst mistakes and sins have no power when the light of Christ is allowed to come in to your life. Now, I know some of you, maybe even a bunch of you are thinking, you know, Pastor Matt, I'm not really that bad of a person. I, I don't think that whole darkness of sin thing really affects my life. I'm a good person, at least better than most. You know what? You might be better than most, maybe a lot better. But the question is, are you good enough? Let's open bag number three and find out. Go ahead and pull out bag number three and pull that out of there. It probably looks something like this. A little Christmas tree. Now, I grew up in Oregon, way out in the Pacific Northwest, and, and something you may not know out here on the East Coast is that Oregon has a ton of tree farms. Oregon's actually the nation's largest producer of Christmas trees by a long shot, just about double the next state. And so as you drive through the countryside, you'll see acre after acre after acre full of Christmas trees that are all at different stages of growth. And some are, you know, barely out of the ground, just little, little sprouts. And others are a couple feet tall, but not big enough to cut down and put in your living room. It actually takes about eight years for a Christmas tree to grow to six or seven feet tall, like the one that many of you have in your homes and maybe in that room you're in right now. When my wife and I first got married, we lived out in Oregon. And for our first Christmas, we wanted to get a real Christmas tree. Uh, for our home. And so we decided to go out to a local tree farm and, and find ourselves the perfect Christmas tree. When we got there, we began to look around the fields and searching through hundreds of trees with our saw in hand. You know, every man knows this. You don't just like walk up and cut down the first tree that you see. No, you're, there's a real a hunt on. And so no matter how good it looks, you're going to keep hunting for the right one. We passed by one tree after another, you know, too narrow, too wide, too sparse, too full, too tall. That one's too short. And we finally found and chose the one we were going to take home. It was the perfect tree on three out of four sides. So one side had a bad spot, but it was just the right size and fullness and color. And, and that one little bad spot could be turned around to face the wall. Some of you guys might have that tree in your house right now where you have one bad side and you turned it around to the back side against the wall. Now the Bible says that one day all of us will stand before God and he will have his book of life with the, the names of all the people who are going to spend eternity in heaven with him. Now, many of us on that day would like to think that God will look at us and he's going to say, what that Christmas tree, like, oh man, wow, you are the perfect one. I want you to come home with me for all of eternity. But here's the truth. God's standard for going to his home, to heaven, is perfection. And we've all got bad spots. Yes, you and I have some sides that are, yeah, pretty good. These are the sides that most of us want to put forward when we're at church or school or work. But God knows everything. He knows where all my bad spots are, right? All of your bad spots, everything that we're maybe not quite as good at or maybe the little sins that we have. He sees all the parts that we're proud of and he also sees all the things that we're ashamed of, the things we hope that nobody ever sees. So if only perfect, righteous people get into heaven and none of us are perfect or fully righteous, 
Is there any hope for us? Yes, but it's not our goodness. Our only hope is Jesus. But how could this little baby boy, born in Bethlehem and, and laid in a manger and, and visited by shepherds and wise men and sang about by angels, how could this baby make you and I righteous? How could he save us from our sins and get our names put into that book of life that God holds? Well, let's open number four and we'll find out. Go ahead and pull that out. It probably looks something like this. I'm going to open this up, pull it out. This is a cross ornament. And if you want to put that on your tree, you can feel free. But my wife and I left that tree farm in Oregon with our first, you know, real Christmas tree as a married couple. We didn't just cut it down and, and head for our car. No, we had to pay the price for the tree that we loved. The book of Isaiah in the Bible was written about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And Isaiah would, would prophesy about the Messiah that was coming. And he would talk about his birth, how he was going to be born. And he would also prophesy about how the Messiah would die to pay the price for the sins of mankind. I want to read part of Isaiah 53 to you because it tells how Jesus was going to open the way for us to go to heaven by laying down his life in our place. All right, you ready? Listen closely. Here we go. It says, in, uh, starting in verse 3, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. Listen, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the sins of us all. Now let's go to verse 9. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. And verse 11 says, When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, listen, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. So here, uh, centuries before Christ, Isaiah prophesies the death of Jesus on the cross. And in this passage tells us why he died. He died to save sinners like us, to make righteous in the eyes of God people like you and me who have failed and sinned and blown it in all of our different ways. After the birth in Bethlehem, Jesus was going to live a sinless life for the next 33 years. And at the end, just like Isaiah said, he would lay his innocent life down on a Roman cross and he would take the punishment for your sins and mine. Why? So that through his sacrifice, we could be healed, like Isaiah says, we could be whole, like Isaiah says, and we could be righteous, be made righteous before God. When we choose to put our faith in Jesus and in what he has done on the cross, not just being born, but all the way through when he lived a perfect life and went to a cross, every bad spot that you and I have, all the places that we hope nobody ever sees are made righteous by Jesus' sacrifice. We are made whole, we're healed, and we are filled with His Spirit. Our names are written down in God's book of life, giving us a place in heaven for all eternity.
That's good news, amen? In Christmas Day, a day like today, which is a day when many of us are thinking about the gifts we've given or the ones we've received and maybe you're wanting to play with right now, maybe today it's time for you to receive the gift of salvation. That gift that God offers to you in Jesus. If you're ready today to receive the life that he offers freely right now, out loud or maybe even in your heart, you can say a prayer with me. I want to just lead you in a prayer. And right now, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God allowed him to go to the cross in your place to suffer and be punished, to pay the price that you deserve to pay as a sinner, if you believe that Jesus did that for you and you choose to make him Lord of your life today, the Bible says you will be saved. And so I'm going to pray right now and you can pray with me in your heart just right now in this moment. God, we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. God, I thank you that he wasn't just born and laid in the manger in Bethlehem, but God, he was raised, that he grew up and he lived a perfect, sinless life. And at 33 years old, he would lay his sinless life on a Roman cross in my place. The, the punishment that I deserved, he would take so that I could be made righteous. And in the eyes of God, I could be made perfect. And so I pray, Lord, for every person watching this this morning or this afternoon, whenever it is, God, I pray that those who are wanting to make this decision right now, I ask that you would forgive them of every sin. I pray, God, that you would cleanse them, Lord, but also, God, that you would bring healing and wholeness to their life. I thank you that right now in this moment, as they even internally pray this prayer to you, God, that all the bad spots, all the things that we have been ashamed of, all the sins and places we've missed the mark, right now they are forgiven, and your word says they are removed from us. They're gone completely. And in the eyes of God, those of us who have put our faith in Jesus are cleansed, forgiven, and righteous before you. So God, we thank you for what you've done. Thank you for making us righteous. Thank you, Lord, for putting new names today in the Lamb's Book of Life. And thank you that all of heaven, the Word says, is throwing a party right now for those who have put faith in Jesus. God, we want to join them in Thanksgiving right now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hey, if you did that, the Bible is clear on this, that all of heaven is rejoicing about your decision to follow Christ. The Bible is also clear that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. When eternity comes knocking, whenever that is, you will have entrance into, God, into to heaven and God's house for all of eternity because you made a decision in this life to follow Christ. Hey, for all of us who are watching today, I want to thank you so much for joining us for Christmas in a Box. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas Day. And just a reminder, next Sunday morning, we're going to have one service on New Year's Day, only at 11 o'clock. And so make sure you're there. I hope to see every one of you. Merry Christmas. Have a great day and a great week. We'll see you on New Year's.